is I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And that's a pretty common program. Most people have some sort of programming like that. It's like, I'm never enough. I'm not enough. What's up, what's up? Anthony Biscalia here with another episode of the Clear Lens Movement, where I interview guests that inspire and educate others to have a more fulfilling life. If this is your first time listening in on the show, welcome. I interview guests with perspectives in health and wellness, emotional intelligence, psychology, social science, leadership, and killer life experience that can inspire others to have a more fulfilling life. Today's featured guest is Dr. Mitchell Mays. He is an international number one best-selling author, a mind-body practitioner, podcast host, seminar leader, and sought-after speaker in the areas of stress management and maximizing human potential. Dr. Mays is a go-to expert on stress, and he inspires and motivates those wanting inner peace, enlightenment, personal and business transformation, and higher levels of success. Dr. Mays, as you sit in the golden seat, during this interview, I've asked you to bring a golden item, and I'm curious, what gold item have you brought with you on the show, and what does it mean to you? <laughs> you know, I had to uh, think about this for quite a while, and as I was thinking about it, I'm sitting in my home office, looking around, thinking about a golden item. I was thinking, first of all, well, I could have a golden pen because I like to write, but I don't actually own a golden pen. <laughs> and then I was thinking about a Toastmasters award I'd gotten for uh, having uh, the best speech when I was in high school. And I'm looking around in my office thinking about this, and up on my bookshelf, believe it or not, is a golden Oscar. I've got an Oscar in 1969, believe it or not, going way back then, when I was in uh, drama in high school for outstanding performance, and it's always been there, and it's like right in front of my face. So I love being on stage. (laughs) So there it is. That's great. I'm, I'm glad you still have that. And that, I'm sure just inspires you, continues to inspire you to, you know, keep inspiring others and do great things there. And yeah, what a trophy to, to present just to be in front of people as well. Right. And yeah, Dr. Mays, I know we've, we've been working together um, and you've given me some, some of your services and just a touch of your knowledge and expertise. And I just want to say I'm very thankful for all of that and just being able to to just spend time with you and, and to learn from, from all of your knowledge. I just, before we get started, I just wanted to highlight that and how much it's actually uh, benefited my life. And, and yeah, you, you really do do great work and you have such a caring presence about you that I'm glad that, yeah, I've gotten an interview with you as well. So. Thank you. I, I enjoyed um, the experience as well to be of some help to you as well. And, and hopefully I imparted some knowledge and some tools that you can use. So Yes, yes, definitely. A lot of tools, yeah, I still use today, like the anchors and just those little tools and little steps that you that you shared have really been a benefit to my life. So yeah, so let's get into the interview. Share with the gold members listening in about your just overall inspiration of helping the world with anxiety and stress. Well, you know, anxiety and stress, I often joke with my wife, Terry, you know, who is my partner in crime, so to speak. She works in our clinic. We've worked in the clinic together for 
going on almost 25 years now. And she is a EFT practitioner, emotional freedom technique, and hypnotherapist herself. But I often joke with her, you know, there's a reason that I'm the expert on stress and anxiety because I don't know of anyone who's had more stress and anxiety in their life except me. You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> <Had> that more. <laughs> now, I've, I've been through a lot in my life, but actually the inspiration for helping the world came about after 2010 where my wife and I were living uh, near Truckee in the Sierra Mountains and we were driving home after a long day in the clinic and a snowstorm had hit and it's in my book you probably read about that on our way home uh, the snowstorm was coming and another car was heading down the hill on Highway 89 north of Truckee in our lane and I couldn't go anywhere because on the left I would have to go down a I mean basically off a cliff practically uh, it was a very steep embankment on my right were trees so I pulled over as far as I could and the car hit us head on uh, shattering my right leg breaking other various parts my wife Terry broke both her legs so the reason I mention that, while that's um, stressful enough and creates enough anxiety on its own, it was the anxiety that I was feeling prior to driving home that actually created a, a, a humongous amount of stress. Mm. And as I state in my books, when I talk about that, that stress was actually a fear. The fear was coming up of the worst thing that could happen in a snowstorm like that is a head-on accident or, I guess, running into a tree or off the cliff. Those are like the worst things that could happen. And all of that anxiety that I was feeling created that fear. And one of the things I talk about in, in both my books a lot is the emotional tone scale. Remember, you and I discussed that a lot. And the emotional tone scale runs from basically fear all the way up to joy. You know, that's, that's our human emotional scale, if you will. And I was feeling a lot of the lower tones or fear. And I'm a great believer in the law of attraction. And I do believe, while I didn't cause that accident, I do believe that that mindset, that state of mind that I had been having for actually several hours leading up to the drive home, knowing the snowstorm was coming, created an attractive factor of sorts that attracted this negative experience to me. Now, a lot of people think that's pretty crazy, but after the accident happened, is I had a lot of time as we were uh, lying in our hospital beds in our living room at home after we'd had multiple surgeries and so forth. I had a lot of time to think about how did I attract such a negative experience into my life? And so I started studying and going into greater depth. Now, I had started using hypnosis in my practice because truly I'm a mind-body practitioner. I'm not just a chiropractor and deal with functional medicine, nutrition, and so forth. But a mind-body, I've been using hypnotherapy in the form of guided imagery in my practice since 1987. So I was not a stranger to how the mind works, nor uh, was I a stranger to law of attraction. I had noticed when my life was going well and I was happy and I was involved in my work and play that things flowed for me and everybody's experienced that at one time or another. And then other times, I would also notice that when I was in a bad mood or irritable or so forth, things just happened. It seemed to be negative things were happening all the time. It's like in the movie The Secret, 
when Bob Doyle talks about, you know, you get up in the morning, uh, you, maybe you, you're overslept and you stub your toe on something and, and the day kind of goes like that, just one little negative thing after another. You have a, you're cranky with your uh, coworkers at work and maybe your, your boss calls you in and you're upset about that. So that law of attraction has a lot to do with our mind state. And I started putting two and two together and I decided I would go ahead and dive a little deeper into the mind. Now, I, have, I just want you to know I have a strong background in psychology and psychiatry, and so I had a, a good basis, but I also decided to study Capucinian hypnosis from a Hypnosis Motivational Institute, too, and I did that, and I, was, I had a lot of time to study, like I said, uh, and then later went down to Los Angeles to uh, study in-house there or in, on the campus. But that's what led me to write my first book, the mind gate process of empowerment and that was really about controlling our state of mind learning how to manage our state of mind it's all about mindset and state of mind as far as how we feel and so it's not just anxiety and stress the anxiety and stress doesn't seem to be any big deal to most people like oh I'm really stressed I have a lot of anxiety usually big tough guys say yeah I'm stressed and other people say, I have anxiety. It's the same thing, you know. But what that will lead to is a negative mindset, which can literally attract negative into your life. So that was my inspiration um, uh, to getting into this work. Wow. No, that's amazing. No, you have a lot a lot going on, right? Just a lifelong inspiration, right? Just one event after the next and kind of just, you know, one step after the next trying to find you know, maybe just the best form of practice. And it sounds like it's just evolving for you. You yeah. know, you have a good, strong base, but it just sounds like it's ever growing. Uh, yeah, I want to go now to your, you know, your seminars and workshops. I know you've done some, but, you know, in just talking to you recently, you're you're starting like a new kind of tour, if you will, of, you know, helping people and uh, reaching a new audience or just bigger audiences, I would say, instead of just your one-on-one -on -one practice that you've been working on. So what kind of, things can we see out of these, you know, seminars and workshops that you're having in recent days and who do you hope to inspire? Well, yeah, sure. Over the last year, year and a half, it's been about a year and a half, Terry and I developed, I started off with a working workshop and then developed into a seminar called Awake Empowered Success Training. Now, what we did, because Terry is also a Jack Canfield. I don't know if you know who he is, mm -hmm. but he was the originator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And Jack Canfield, a lot of people uh, aren't aware of, is the number one success trainer in the United States. And everybody thinks of probably Anthony Robbins, but uh, Canfield wrote a book called The 64 Principles of Success, or The Success Principles, excuse me, there's 64 of them. But my wife is actually a Jack Canfield trainer. She's a success trainer in, in methodologies. What we did is we married my mind gate processes and the Jack Kent principles together and synthesized it into Awaken Power Success training so that people will learn to manage their mind states so that they can actually take on new information and make their life successful at the same time. And so... When we first began these as workshops and working with more than one person one-on-one, you know, like you said, and started off with just a handful of people and trained them how to, um, or actually um, it is a training, but trained them how to 
I was going to say um, taught them, but trained them how to manage their mindset. Now, a lot of people don't know much about neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, but NLP was based on Milton Erickson's work, who was known as the father of modern-day hypnosis. And it was from two guys, Bandler and Grinder, from University of California, Santa Cruz, who wrote a book called, uh, I think it was called The Magic, uh, oh gosh, the book just escaped me now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, they wrote a couple of books on, on how to manage our state of mind. And managing our state of mind is essential if you're going to take on new information and make it work for you. So many, many people struggle with success, and the reason they do is they can't stay focused long enough. They're unable to focus and, and keep focused. The reason they're unable to remain focused is because of stress and anxiety actually distracts them from the work they need to do to create the success they want. So that's why we put those two things together. So now it's uh, mushroomed into seminars now, Wake and Power Success Trainings, where it's a three-day seminar. Our next one is actually coming up in February 2018, but we are also right now doing a lot of small trainings, half-day workshops, that sort of thing, mostly in the Bay Area, and uh, we're actually reworking our schedule for this coming year uh, as I speak right now, to where we're doing more uh, half-day type of trainings, where it's like three to four hours. But we've had great success doing that. People have had major breakthroughs, understanding that, oh, my gosh, no wonder I've been sabotaging myself. Uh, I, I, I have struggled with success because, you know, it's kind of like you've heard the term, all that being distracted like squirrel, you know, kind yeah. of squirrel. Uh, but it's also sparklies, you know. We tend to take on too many things, and, and everything looks interesting. And, and pretty soon we're actually mesmerized or hypnotized into looking at all these other things we can do so we can't keep our mind focused on uh, one uh, goal or, or one uh, direction or path. So it's very, very important to stay out of stress and anxiety and stay out of fight or flight, which I talk about in great detail, as you know in my books, as well as when I work one-on-one with people, stay out of fight or flight. It's very, very important to do that so that you can remain focused to create what you want to. Keep your eye on the ball, so to speak. Keep your eye on the path. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. You know, yeah, it's such such great work. And yeah, I need to, need to make it to one of those seminars. And um, I know it's just ever growing. So I need to get in there soon before it <laughs> before you go major and I have to only see you in New York or something. Um <laughs> <laughs> that might be a while. <laughs> might be a while, but I'm just saying it sounds like you're you have some much much success in your in your path already. So I want to switch it up now, just talking more about just your personal human experience. And this question goes to what are some of your excuses that you may tell yourself that keep you from from just your success? I know you you have success, but I'm just saying and trying to get at what are those? Do you have those self-sabotaging thoughts? Like, what are they? How do you get over them? And yeah, if you want to start there. Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question. You know, the excuses we have for the most part are uh, our fears, our fear of stepping out and moving toward the unknown, something that we want, you know, in our life. And so what holds us back is the same thing. It's, it's, we each have little, maybe a little different twist on it, but basically those are what we call limiting beliefs. And I have my limiting beliefs also that come from 
my programming at a very early age. You know, between the age of birth and about eight years old, we have a virtual library of programming, and neuropsychologists have told us that about our negative program is on about a five-to-one ratio with our positive. So we have about 80% of our, our programming or our beliefs that have been uh, programmed through repetition, through uh, association and identification when we're very small. So we have about 80% of our, our that programming of those beliefs are actually negative. They're, they're not positive at all. So what happens, as I was telling you, when we go into fight or flight, that programming kind of takes over. Our it's in our subconscious mind. So those are the excuses that come up is actually part of that negative program. Now, one of the things that I have is I have people don't listen to me or people won't accept what I say or they won't take it seriously. And that really boils down to underneath that is a, a negative program or excuse uh, that comes up uh, for me, and I've been working on it lately. Interestingly enough, whenever you try to do something new is when, you, when that program will come up, the excuses come up, you know. Mm. And is is I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And that's a pretty common program. Most people have some sort of programming like that. It's like I'm never enough, I'm not enough, you know, that sort of thing. So it's basically about not being enough or good enough. Mm. Uh, I'm not good enough is another program. So what I do and what I've been actually working on, I had a new program come up here recently, is I'm going more into speaking in, in the corporate world now because where before I'm used to audiences of around 50 people. I have no problem speaking on stage, you know, to 40 or 50 people, and, and it's fine. But now I'm looking at uh, some some of the gigs that I have scheduled. Now I'm looking at four to 500 people, and mm. all of a sudden now all the excuses kind of came up again. It's kind of like a new twist on them, you know. Mm. <laughs> so so that stuff coming up, they won't take me seriously. They won't listen to what I say. It's like all this stuff coming. Up. That's really bottom line is I'm not enough. And so what I've been doing is I've actually been working with my wife, Terry, on it uh, with tapping or emotional freedom techniques, EFT, Roger Callahan's work. And I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but it's used a lot with post-traumatic stress disorder. Hmm. Uh, in fact, Dawson Church, who is a PhD, Dr. Dawson Church, uh, is a neuropsychologist, he actually did some of the research trying to debunk EFT, saying, oh, that's just how can you be tapping on acupuncture points on your face and talking to yourself? And how's that going to lower your stress and anxiety and all that? Because all of a sudden now, all these cases started coming out from all the work that Callahan did and, and uh, uh, Craig is the other one. And all this started coming out of all these PTSD cases just getting resolved. And, and there's been a lot of them since especially in recent years, Sandy Hook and so forth, a lot of the different shootings and, and of course since 9-11, you know, uh, there's been a ton of PTSD. Well, Dawson Church actually did a triple blind study on um, cases of PTSD that he had using tapping and he was shocked to see cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone produced by anxiety and stress internally, uh, dropping 50% just with one session. He couldn't believe it. And these are blood chemistry levels we're talking about. So now he, starting off to debunk EFT or tapping, actually now is its greatest proponent. <laughs> so, 
So I've been using EFT, emotional freedom techniques, and uh, Terry is, is an expert at that. That's her thing. And so she's been working with me to basically flatten the button on those negative programs that come up or those excuses. Excuses, um, another thing, a name for that is procrastination. Mm. But underneath procrastination are almost always excuses or limiting beliefs or old programming that needs to be brought to the surface and, and brought to the light, so to speak, so you can see them for what they are. It's just old, conditioned subconscious programming that's coming up out of fear oh yeah i can see that for sure and yeah all those new techniques i mean i they're kind of coming into um my i guess my circle of friends are now talking about them and it's now in more books the this tapping technique and eft yeah so i think it's just becoming more and more and i'm glad that you've had that experience um working with and testing it and seeing the success it can have i have a couple more questions for you dr may so Gold members, don't go anywhere. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Have you ever wanted to change the world? Maybe you wish to see a kinder world. Well, now you can with Clear Lens Movement. Clear Lens Movement created glasses that have, well, clear lenses, and they symbolize a person seeing the world with a fresh perspective, free from hatred and stereotypes, and treating others with a little more respect regardless of who you see in front of you. Clear Lens Movement is taking these glasses and passing them out to others in kind ways. Some people pass them out with a compliment while others leave them at the register after paying for the person behind them in line for coffee. On all the glasses, there's a unique tracker code. This code can be tracked online in real time. So start a clear lens in California and watch it bounce around the country to New York or anywhere in the world for that matter. What are you waiting for? Head on over to clearlensmovement.com and see for yourself all the clear lenses in the world. Be sure to stop by the Clear Lens Movement store on the website and order your very own Clear Lens and join the movement. And we are back. Dr. Mays, can you share a little, maybe a simple life hack to start making process a progress in a less, like towards our less anxious life, right? So if we're trying to be less anxious, we're trying to be less stressed, right? We've been told that I feel stressed, I feel anxious. What can I do today that can help alleviate just a little bit of that. But, you know, right away, if you want to reduce your anxiety from anywhere from 40 to 70%, right now today, you can do that starting today, and I promise you within a day or two, you're going to feel an incredible relief if you do this. So number one thing is to breathe. And so I have a technique I call the BEAT technique, B-E-A-T. So breathe, belly breathe. In other words, imagine or pretend that you've got a balloon in your belly and you lie back in a reclined position or stand up. You can do this. Put your hand on your belly button. And when you breathe in, stick your belly out and hold your breath for about a count of four deep breath. And then... Uh, release your breath a little more slowly and you breathe in. If you belly breathe like that, it's also known as diaphragmatic breathing. Every professional singer knows how to do this. So belly breathe for about five to 10 minutes, two to three times a day. What you're going to do is you're going to get rid of some of the carbon dioxide buildup that occurs from anxiety. Anxiety creates or causes uh, shallow breathing. 
And when you're breathing shallowly, you build up more carbon dioxide, and then that causes oxygen debt, which uh, actually is a danger signal to a part of our brain called the amygdala, and that's the part that actually bypasses our logic and reasoning and puts us into fight or flight. We feel like, you know, on a primitive level, it's part of our primitive brain, it's like we're running from the saber-toothed tiger. So people are wondering how come mid-afternoon they kind of like they want to go to sleep because they're in overload too much information coming in they're breathing shallowly and they checked out into fight or flight or into waking walking hypnosis so the second part of the beat process is eat and eat protein protein is like oak logs on a fire compared to pine they last longer they burn longer they uh, still provide the fuel that you want so protein and if you want you can get a food guide free on our website at uh, mazemindbody.com there's a food guide there you can actually get about different proteins so eating protein every two to three hours will keep your blood sugar on an even keel when our blood sugar dips if we've gone too long without eating protein i'm not talking about eating that donut or even that uh little handy snack, you know, that says it's got protein in it, but it's loaded with sugar. I'm not talking about that kind of, uh, you know, like food bars. A lot of people are eating those thinking they're getting protein. They're not, they are, might be getting protein, but they're getting a lot of sugar, which, which is basically, think of sugar as negating protein. So protein, good healthy protein every two to three hours, and keeping your blood sugar on an even level will also keep uh, your part of your primitive brain from going into fight or flight from a drop in blood sugar. When we have been anxietous, had anxiety or stress for long periods of time, or even years, and, and most of my um, uh, clients who come in have had years of stress and anxiety, uh, what happens is we become actually sensitized to, that are desensitized to um, stress re reaction. So we're in stress all the time and our body, our tissue cells are actually addicted to adrenaline often by that time. And so our own body is actually creating a lot of the stress and anxiety. We don't have to have events happening to us. Our own bodies like said, hey, I want adrenaline. So it'll put us into fight or flight. So the protein will keep your blood sugar up. So that doesn't cause a trigger to put you into fight or flight. And then the A on the beat process stands for assess, assess what's going on. If you're feeling anxious, look at what's going on. Are you under any immediate threat? You know, most of the threats that you're feeling are in your own mind. You know, if I don't get this thing done, a deadline, and pretty soon we start a conversation in our mind, or actually it starts itself. I call that the monkey mind. And it's talking, 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 trying to figure, 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 and pretty soon we're feeling that anxiety. So assess what's going on, look around and say, hey, Am I under an immediate threat here? Is there somebody holding a gun on me? I mean, am, am, am I going to get fired right now? And, uh, you know, it's like uh, if I don't pay this bill in the next uh, few minutes, is, um, is something bad going to happen to me? Assess what's happening. Uh, get a reality check. And then the T stands for take action, do something, get up and move. One of the things we know from neurolinguistic programming, NLP, is that if you want to change your state of mind, you need to change your physiology. Do something. That's why tapping is so powerful. Tapping on the acupuncture points on, on your face mostly uh, are fantastic. And then the knife at your hand. So one of the things you can do, sitting right at your desk, you don't have to get up and walk around, although that would be desirable to get up, take a break, 
take action. Also, tap. Take your uh, fingers of one hand, uh, your uh, your uh, index, middle, and ring finger, and tap the knife head knife edge part of your other hand, and then say to yourself, "I'm okay. Things are all right. I'm going to be all right." It's like I'm. It's, and um, there's no saber-toothed tiger ready to attack me. Mm-hmm. Talk to yourself or talk through what's going on. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling stressed. And I'm, uh, I need to, oh, I know, I need to get some protein. <laughs> so the beat process is the thing you can do right off the bat. But the belly breathe, eat protein, see what, assess, take a reality check, what's really going on. See if you can actually get present with what's happening in your immediate surroundings and then take some action. And you can do that and you'll reduce your cortisol, you reduce your uh, adrenaline, you're going to uh, reduce your anxiety and your stress, like I said, 40 to 70%. And oftentimes people notice that within just a few minutes, not to mention the next few hours. So it, it works. Wow. No, yeah, that is one of my, my favorite techniques, the beat technique, especially that that belly breathing. I still use that on a daily basis and I find it to be yeah. so useful. It's it's yeah, I just I, my my triggers, my body triggers and cues are just as soon as I feel tense or, you know, my my thoughts are just racing all of a sudden that I just, you know, really just take those few minutes just to breathe and it's 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 amazing how much like how 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 quick the response is you know five ten minutes it's like faster than some like Advils or some other you know drugs it that works, people take yeah. and it, it just, works a lot faster than yeah. so and one thing I want to add to that and I know you were going to ask another question we're running a long time here but something I've started doing recently more with my clients too once they get that under control. If they can just take a few moments and go into do a quick meditation inside, close their eyes, and just internalize, go inside, go inside and feel your body. And as you're feeling your body, say to yourself, I accept and embrace all my feelings. I accept and embrace all my feelings. And just check out what you're feeling. And whatever that is, if it's anxiety or a fear might come up or you might have a picture or an image come up, and just accept it. Allow yourself to accept and embrace that and just say that's like a little mantra. And what you'll find is those feelings will come up. They're an energy. It's what they're a stuck energy that needs to move. And just notice it. What you do is you become the observer of your feelings, and you'll find that it'll start dissipating and goes away. It's a very powerful mantra. I accept and embrace all my feelings. You have to go inside to do that. Mm-hmm. You just take those, that, that couple of minutes, you know. Anyway, so I wanted to add that to it. No, that's so beautiful. I'm glad you did because it's it's so true. Like when you add add those mantras as well, it, it makes it just twice twice as strong. Um, and yeah, then you just really start to believe that, right? Then that's really what it becomes your reality, um, which I like. So let's just let's just wrap it up then and and hear the you know I want to just end inspired by you, and I already have um, heard so much from you and. I just want to hear maybe the best advice you have ever received personally. Well, you know, I there's there's you know none of my answers are easy, right? But there's <laughs> there's two. <laughs> the best advice I've ever received, really, I was thinking about that. That's such a good question because I'd had that question prior to the, you know, to the interview here. Is my father gave me this advice many 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 years ago, and he said, "Don't lie to people." because you have to remember a lie. <laughs> mm. 
I Powerful. love that. Yeah. In other words, you can say, you need to be truthful, always be truthful. But he put it another way. My dad had a way of, you know, taking uh, wisdom and turning it around to where it was more practical, you know, because truthful sometimes, well, was this the truth, not the truth? Just a lie, though, you feel it. You'll feel a lie viscerally. When you're lying to somebody, you'll feel it viscerally. Your body's informing you it's not the truth. You know, I do a lot of applied kinesiology work, AK, and uh, basically what we're doing is we're asking the body, is it true or not true? Is it a lie? Is it true? And and we uh, this is how you can test for things that are good for you, whether it's food products or whatever, you can actually test yourself. So a lie you feel viscerally. So that, to me, is one of the um, absolute best things I ever learned, the best advice I've ever received. Mm-hmm. No, I love it. That's such such a good, good advice by your father. If you have any questions, Gold Members, about this episode with today's guest or myself, reach out to the Facebook page slash Clearlands Movement and leave me a message or if you want to have any other questions for Dr. Mays, please, you know, come through me and I can forward them to him um, and possibly get you guys in contact. Remember, gold members, life isn't how you fall, but it's how you stand back up that matters. So never give up. Thank you, Dr. Mays, for being on the show. And I wish you the very best in your journey. Uh, thank you, Anthony. Looking forward to seeing you again. Yes. See ya. And if this episode hasn't inspired you enough, head on over to the Clear Lens Movement website and see the tracker map that displays the wave of goodness that is spreading around the world. From the tracker map, you can click on any pair of glasses to read how Clear Lens Movement changed that person's view after receiving the glasses. Become a gold member and buy Clear Lens Movement glasses today and start your own kindness movement in your city. To support more kindness and this show, go to clearlensmovement.com. Thank you.